Greetings. You are listening to the podcast of Ignitus Ministries, and this is your host, Pastor Tom Fillinger, speaking. The focus of our podcast today is entitled, Exegesis Has Consequences, and I might add, eternal consequences. When we are dealing with the special revelation recorded in our Bibles, God's Word, we have the privilege and obligation to be as precise and accurate as we possibly can in declaring what God has said that honors him and blesses his people. I recently had a conversation with a dear friend and the conversation was prompted by an article that I had written addressing the content of 2 Peter 3, 9. I'll begin reading in 2 Peter chapter 3, and I'll read verses 8 through 10. The context, Peter is addressing the day of the Lord. He's speaking to the Jews of the Diaspora. They had been driven from their homes, they've lost everything, and they apparently were fearing that the day of the Lord had already come and they had been left behind. So with that context, listen as I read, beginning in chapter 3 and verse 8. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. So the issue in correctly exegeting, interpreting that passage, has to do with that little pronoun, you. And in the paper I wrote, I gave a brief description of the importance of pronouns, and I'll share that with you now. Pronoun confusion occurs when a pronoun does not match its antecedent in person, number, and or gender, or when there are multiple pronouns or nouns in a single sentence and the reader loses track of what the pronouns refer to. So when the antecedent is singular, the pronoun must be singular. When the antecedent is plural, the pronoun must be plural. So you may hear inconsistent pronouns in speech, but in writing, our goal is to be especially clear and logical So pronouns must clearly match the noun that they refer to. In this case, the antecedent nouns of 2 Peter 3.9 are found in 1 Peter 
chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, and 2 Peter, chapter 1, and verse 1, that is God's elect people. So, with that bit of background that prompted my addressing this issue with my dear friend, um, I will share with you, uh, Exegesis Has Consequences, this paper was actually written by Anthony Carter, and I'm using it because it brings to light the issue that I'm addressing. Uh, The main article in the newsletter on the 15th of July, in which this podcast appears, is entitled, Narcissus, Asegesis, and Exegesis. Narcissus is when people read themselves into the text, and the issue becomes them, instead of the historic revelation that is being revealed. Asegesis is when people read into the text what they want or wish that it would say, rather than what it is actually saying. And exegesis is when you come to the original language, whether that be uh, Koine Greek or the Masoretic text of the Old Testament Hebrew, and the text says what it says. There's only one correct interpretation for every portion of God's Word. I don't know anybody, including myself, that would claim we have mastered every portion of God's Word. When I began theological studies, one of my goals was, when I'm an old man, which I have now reached that status, I wanted to be able to sit down with my grandchildren and share with them an accurate interpretation of every portion of God's Word. So, here we go with exegesis has consequences. Ideas have consequences. Since the dawn of Western philosophy, we have witnessed the good, the bad, and the ugly of this axiom. From the influence of John Locke upon the founders of America, to the disastrous results of the influence of Karl Marx in communist Russia and Friedrich Nietzsche in Hitler's Germany, it can hardly be argued that ideas don't have consequences. Yet, not only do ideas have consequences, but so too does exegesis. The danger of erroneous interpretation of Scripture is not new in our day. The Apostle Paul instructed a young Timothy, quote, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker, who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth, Second Timothy 2.15. There is a right way and a wrong way to handle the word of God. Unfortunately, our era continues to be littered with those who may find themselves ashamed because they have mishandled the word of truth. And then uh, Anthony Carter uses this example, Mark 16, verses 17 and 18, which read, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poisons, 
it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Although the authenticity of this passage is debated, some have taken these words, used them to justify the practice of literally handling deadly snakes in the midst of a congregation as a demonstration of faithfulness. Tragically, many have died from snake bites as a result. Exegesis has consequences. Consider a well-known text of Scripture that when mishandled and misapplied has led to tragic results as well. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. That's James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. The encouragement to call for the elders to pray for the sick has led some to misunderstand James as prohibiting the use of doctors or medicinal practices. Unfortunately, I've known families who have needlessly lost loved ones to sickness and diseases that were easily curable if only they had enlisted the help of a physician or used proven medical practices. When I was in seminary, there was an individual who led what was called the glory barn. They would lay dead infants on the altar and pray over them for weeks expecting God to raise them to new life. Alas, erroneously interpreting and wrongly applying this text led them to believe that to call for such help would be disobedient to God. Again, exegesis has consequences. So while interpreting scripture can easily prolong sickness and even result in physical death, the greatest danger is in what it can do to the soul. Through wrongful exegesis, people can and have been led to eternal death. And then he says a few years ago, a popular charismatic pastor in the Midwest determined that God had given him the revelation that the Bible teaches that Jesus died to redeem every human being without exception. This pastor began teaching universalism, a heresy that asserts that no one person will ever be lost in all of eternity, whether they repent in this life or not. Armed with this idea, he went to the scriptures and began reinterpreting, re-exegeting, and reapplying many of the texts he had previously taught. For example, in 1 Timothy 4, verses 9 to 10, it says, We have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. So from this passage, that pastor suggested that God's plan is to save every human being, not just those who believe in him. In an interview, when asked about those who willfully sin, reject Christ, and die unrepentant, the pastor turned to Philippians 2, verses 10 and 11, which say, At the name of Jesus every knee should bow, 
in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Through misinterpretation and misapplication, this pastor suggested that Paul teaches that everyone will recognize and accept Jesus either before they die or after. He stated, even in the afterlife, some will get the revelation of Jesus, be inspired by the Holy Spirit to confess his lordship. Needless to say, the consequences for this interpretation and application are staggering. Not only is the preaching of the gospel made of no effect, but the suffering which the apostles in the church have endured for preaching the gospel was in vain, Galatians 3.4. There's no more dangerous and deleterious an idea than the idea that men and women do not need to hear the gospel, repent of sin, and believe upon Christ in order to be saved. Exegesis has consequences. Some exegesis has eternally disastrous consequences. However, just as bad exegesis has eternally condemning consequences, faithful exegesis has eternally rewarding consequences. 2 Timothy 2.15 encourages us that those who rightly handle the word of truth do not need to be ashamed before God. They will not shrink back when presenting their labors to God. Therefore, if we are faithful then, we, like Paul, seek to handle God's word not deceitfully, but with integrity and open accountability before God and all those who hear 2 Corinthians 4.2. We must not be peddlers or corruption of God's word, 2 Corinthians 2.17. Rather, we preach Christ and faith in him, and we must remember that our exegesis has consequences. So, there's the podcast for this particular broadcast. I remind you what you just heard. Faithful exegesis not only has consequences for the listener, but you as the exegete can stand, I hope, with genuine humility, but confidence in what you are declaring, because it is, in fact, what the Word of God has said. That Word has never changed, it does not change, it will never change, and remember, as you serve, when you've done faithful exegesis, it has consequences, both good and bad. So celebrate the confidence that you can have when you rightly handle the Word of God. Thanks for listening. You can contact me by sending me an email at info at igniteus.net or by calling me at 1-800-472-3764. So until next time, God bless, be faithful, do good exegesis because it does have consequences, both temporal and eternal. God bless, and bye-bye.